Good morning, Hot Good Point. Good morning. Oh, you guys sounded great worshiping today. It's so fun to be with all of you and to be able to worship with you. And uh, how many know God is on the move? You know, when the enemy turns up the intensity, how many know that God turns up his intensity? And that he has saved uh, the greatest and the greatest outpourings of his signs, wonders, and miracles uh, for the latter days of his church. So we're going to see more intensity of the amazing grace of God. And we're just so grateful that you can join us in this as we continue to usher in the return of Christ. Amen. So, well, we're so grateful and excited to have you with us today. I think we should take a moment to just acknowledge those who have fallen this week and things, challenges, things that we've seen in Louisiana and so on like that. So could you just stand to your feet in honor of our soldiers and people who have fallen this week? Lord, we come to you with grateful hearts. We really are thankful for the, uh, the lives that have uh, been lost this week. We are grateful for the sacrifices that people make each and every day, our men and women in uniform. We're so grateful for each and every single one of them. And Lord, we just want to acknowledge today, right now, that as we as a church, we stand in the gap for the families of those who have lost loved ones this week. With all of our soldiers, God, we thank you for your hand of protection and peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you that the Holy Spirit brings a comfort that no others uh, that no one else could ever bring. And so, Lord, we'll do our best to be there any way we can in prayer and through our actions the best we know how. Uh, and, Lord, that goes through Louisiana. God, we just uh, thank you right now that your hand of protection and is upon those who are needing assistance and needing extra support. And we thank you that as the church, as the bride of Christ, we are called for such a time as this to be able to love those around us, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so, Lord, show us how we can be a part of making a greater difference in the days that we live in. And Lord, we just love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for bringing this great assembly, this great group of people together today. Those that are joining us online, those that are here in person, Lord, we don't take it for granted. It is an honor. It is a privilege. It is a joy of ours to be messengers for such a time as this, to bring a word in season that you want delivered to your people as we humble ourselves May we decrease as your voice increases now in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Well, we want to share with you this morning, before we get started, just a quick praise report. Uh, as many of you know, we as a church sponsor the missionaries, and it's called Uttermost Ministries. And remind me of the island it's on. Someone tell me the island. We bring them up on a regular basis. No, it's not Haiti. Samoa, thank you. Samoa. It was just, I was drawing a blank on that for a second. So we sponsor missionaries in Samoa who have a Bible college there, and they also have a large ship that they send out to all of the small islands around them. And many of those small islands have never heard of Jesus. They have never heard the message of the gospel. And so this ship... Uh, goes out to islands, and sometimes they're gone for one to two years, outreaching these small islands around them. So a huge sacrifice they're making. And this month, we got a report that 298 people accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and 28 people were healed supernaturally on the remote island of Anawa Island. And this is a three-square-mile island that has a population of 350 people. 85% of them accepted Christ in July. 
So isn't that awesome? Praise God for that. And the good work that we get to be a part of because we support their ministry every month. In fact, we just got an email saying that their ship came back with problems and the hull is damaged and they are looking for some extra support right now to fix the hull of their ship. So we will be sending some extra support towards that. Amen. Again, thank you so much for helping us to be a part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves, reaching people and changing lives. So I want to caution you, if you're a visitor today, if you're not interested in building a healthier relationship with Jesus and with others around you, this may not be the church for you. Uh, so we're going to actually be building healthier relationships. We're going to talk about building healthier relationships today. We've got a message titled, Enjoy the Journey. Say to your neighbor, would you please, enjoy the journey. Turn to your other neighbor and say, enjoy the journey. You're a smiling bunch out there today. You all look happy. You know, there is a scripture in Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. You know, so often you hear us talk about the destiny that we're here to create history, to be world changers, to reach our God-given dreams and our destiny, and leave a great legacy. You hear us teach it. We hear, we hear this often. But I want to encourage you right now to remember that the journey is just as important as the destiny. It's great to set goals. There's no question about it. But again, if we reach the whole world for Christ, but we lose our marriages and our families in the process of it, what have we truly gained? It's great to set goals. In fact, I heard about this guy. He had been uh, reading about all the bad things about sugar, and he was just really getting discouraged. He was reading about the horrible things that sugar does to a body and how it feeds cancer and all these things. And he, he said he, he just got to the point where he's so discouraged, he made a decision. He decided to set a goal. No more reading. But anyway... <laughs> You know, the one thing I've learned in life is that not every goal is from God. And uh, we want to set up goals. We want to have goals. We want to have a destiny to reach. No question about it. We really do. But it's so vitally important that we take time to enjoy the journey. You know, there's a pastor of ours um, that we had a number of years ago. He was a tremendous man of God. Uh, a mighty man of God who, when we got there, it was already 15,000, 16,000 members. Uh, it was a great big church. He was doing crusades in Russia every single week. And then he'd fly home, do the television broadcast, do multiple services on the weekends. We thought, how in the world does he do it? Well, we found out later, when he arrived to his 60th birthday, he passed away. He had done 30 years of work in ministry, full-time ministry, but... The results he had produced were at least 50 years or more. Interesting fact, 20 years prior to this, of his passing, he had visited a doctor, his doctor, and his doctor said, Pastor, you've got to slow down. You're burning the candle at both ends. You've got to take time to slow down, to enjoy life, to smell the roses. So he made a decision he was going to slow down. He cut out one of his services. But after about one year, he started feeling guilty that there's a whole world that needs to know Jesus. What about all the people that don't know Christ? What about all the people that he was able to impact on the services that he had been implementing before, a year earlier, that were coming to Christ? And he made the decision to re-implement that 20 years later when the same doctor came upon the scene. He said to him, Pastor, you never slowed down, did you? And he said, no. Again, he did at least 50 years worth of work, 
and a 30-year period of full-time ministry, but how many children would, of his would have loved to have him officiate his wedding, their weddings? Or how many of his grandchildren would have loved to have his influence in his life and be there as a grandfather today? Again, what a great work, what a great ministry. But the one thing I've learned in life is that if the enemy can't get you out of the call of God in your life, he will do everything he can to come from behind and push you from behind, to burn you out. I had the Lord once say this before we started High Point Church years ago. He said these words. He said, Sean, you can push real hard because when Amy and I met each other, we were very driven in life. Amy was working three, full, uh, three jobs, going to college full-time. I was working oftentimes two full-time jobs, during, especially during my summer school break, going to school, playing sports. Our lives were driven when we met each other. But this is what the Lord said. You can push real hard, come home premature to be with me, or you can learn to pace yourself in life and enjoy the journey. Today, we want to encourage you to enjoy the journey. I know at times like this, people can get really stressed out and pressured, like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? You're like chickens running with their heads cut off. Like, we've got to do something. But God is reassuring you, be still and know that I am the Lord. Rest. Take time to rest and enjoy the lives that are around you. You know, we want to talk about relationships today. And in talking about relationships, we all know that there are a lot of divorces taking place in our world today, right? And with divorces, many of them are not because someone had an affair. A number of them are, but a number of them are not because someone had an affair. It's simply people saying, we fell out of love. And you know, I'm sure you've heard the saying, love is a choice. And that is very true. Someone can fall into love again. You know, I once heard the testimony of a couple um, that had had a child pass on. In fact, it was, uh, you all know Pastor Tim Burt, who speaks here on a regular basis. I was at one of his wife's uh, ladies' meetings up in the cities. And she, the day I was there, had a woman get up and share her testimony who they had lost a child. That, uh, the baby was at a young age. And she, this woman said that she and her husband became so angry at each other that they just hardly could stand the sight of each other's faces. And uh, they were just angry because of the loss of this child, and they took it out on each other, angry at the world. The two hadn't been walking closely with the Lord. They had, had been in church in and out in their life. But uh, finally, they were about to get a divorce, and one of this woman's coworkers said, would you just come to church with me? And she came to church where Pastor Tim and Renee used to be the pastors, uh, associate pastors there. And they went to, she went to church and committed her life to the Lord and just determined she was going to stick this marriage out. So she took pictures of she and her husband from their dating time and from their early marriage and put it all up over their refrigerator. And she invited him to church. He gave his life to the Lord. And she said that was about a year and a half prior. She said we had completely fallen out of love, but we chose that we were going to stick it out. And then we chose that we were going to fall back in love. And we were going to forgive ourselves for things we felt we had done wrong, uh, going to forgive each other. And she said, we are now just as in love as we were when we first married, even after going through this great hardship. 
And so she said, basically, we, we've chosen uh, first to find uh, a love in Christ to heal us and to find joy in the journey. And so we've learned to fall in love again. So I just want to encourage anyone who's been at that place where it's like, I don't feel love anymore. We can't trust our feelings. There are a lot of bad things going on in the earth, and, and feelings are always going to try to attack us, to pull people into depression, discouragement, despair, but we can't let that take us over. We have to purpose to find joy in the journey. It's something you sometimes have to fight for to find joy in the journey. And so how do we stay in this joy? I think of Joel Osteen's sister, Lisa Comez, who's going to be speaking here in a couple of months. And last time Lisa was speaking here two or three years ago, she made the comment that she and her husband used to take regular, regular mission trips to India with her father. And she was telling the story of one time how she and her husband and Joel and Victoria were on a mission trip to India. And she said, oftentimes the places we stayed were very filthy, uh, just very um, bad living situations, but we went there to minister to the people. And she said, I remember one night staying in a place that was one of the worst we had stayed in. And she said, we were basically staying on these floors that had little mats that it probably would have been better to sleep on the floor than the mat because it was so filthy and torn apart and, and everything. And she said there were um, bugs crawling on them as they were sleeping and you could see them on the floor. And she said that it took a, a good while to go to sleep just mentally having to overcome the bugs crawling over them as they were sleeping and just the filth that they were laying in but but they got through it you know and um sounded like joel handled it better than she did at the time <laughs> but she said she just had to work to be able to go to sleep and just overcome this and yet lisa's the one who says that when they're home and not doing things like that and they're a very missions oriented church and everything but when they're not doing that, she said, when we're at home and at night, we are purposing to have to find joy because there is so much negative going on in the world, so much negative that a person may have to deal with day to day that she said, every night my husband and I have a policy that when we're at home, we do not go to bed without laughing. We either read something funny or watch something funny before we go to sleep to just lighten our hearts because we need it for our health and we need it for our relationships. Would you agree? It's such an important thing to remember to find the joy, even in the midst of hard and difficult things going on. You know, we heard of a study not long ago, uh, and in this specific study, they said that of the people that were researched, seven out of 10 divorces, they were researched for a good period of time, seven out of 10 divorces said they regret it within the first two years, and they think they made a mistake. Five years later, five of them, five out of every 10 had remarried and divorced again. And 10 years later, only one of the 10 who had divorced claimed that they were happy. And here's another interesting fact from that study. Only half of the men in the study said they saw their children regularly. That's sad. I mean, that's devastating. How many would you agree? How many of you would agree? It is good to work things through. As much as you possibly can and as much as depends on you, work things through. It is so vital. It's so important. We have to remember that, you know, right now studies are, you know, different studies show different exact numbers. But studies, one of them we were looking at said that of first-time marriages, 50% divorce. Of second-time marriages, about 60% divorce. About third-time marriages, about 70% divorce. Well, what does that say? You know, in statistics, maybe give or take some in that. But what is that saying? It's saying that the more we quit, the easier it gets to quit. And we're not condemning anyone who's had a divorce. We know there, you know, are things that go on in life, and, and maybe you went through an unwanted divorce, or maybe you wish you hadn't divorced. But 
in that situation, don't get in condemnation. Failure is an experience. It's not a person. And we have to remember that even if we feel like we've gone through a failure, that's not who we are. God has created us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, and we have to stay focused in that. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We move forward in the journey that we're at right now, and that's the most important thing. But it is so important to remember that we need to choose joy in the journey. We need to find joy right where we're at and determine, you know what, as for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord now. We are going to pursue God now. We're going to do, we maybe didn't know to do this 5 or 10 or 15 years ago, but for right now, we're taking what we're learning and we're going to grow in it and we're going to pursue God and know him. I think of the scripture, uh, Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And that's what we want to be seeking God for every day is, Lord, give us wisdom in the journey. Give us wisdom to know how to make these relationships strong around us, how to bless those around us. It's so true. And psychologists actually say the number one gift you can give to your children is to love your spouse. I think it's so vitally important to remember the mountain peaks in life aren't as often as the daily routines of life. So if you think about the graduating from high school or the college uh, degree or maybe some accolades that you achieved or received, those mountain peaks aren't as common as what you do every day. So if you kind of keep an eye on the clock, you could say, or enjoy life with a vision of where you want to go, you'll live a very successful life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 reminds us, that there is a time for everything under the sun. And to pay attention to the what is most important today. And when we keep the overall perspective in perspective, that the top priority is our relationships that God has surrounded us with. I want to say the most important thing I believe that represents every one of you today is to hear Jesus say, because If you think about it, there's so many people trying to find satisfaction, trying to find fulfillment in this world. They're not going to find it. But I can reassure you, and I can say on behalf of more than likely 90 or more percent of the people here today and those watching online, the most important and the most satisfying thing to each and every one of us is to hear Jesus one day say, well done, good and faithful. When we keep the proper perspective in life, we will achieve the greatest things. And when you think about what is the most important thing, what is the most important treasures in our life? It's not the college degree, even though we're for that. It's not the high school diploma. We're for that. It's not the uh, accolades. that you, We're for those things. We're, we're all for destination. We're all for goals. You need to understand my heart in this. But the greatest treasures we have is when we stop and we take time and go for a bike ride with our spouse or to play with our kids, to go to their uh, baseball game or softball game, to support them, to cheer them on. Because one day, we're going to be faced with possibly, whether it's a spouse we're talking about or a parent, one day we're going to be giving that person back to the Lord Jesus. And in our own hearts, we need to be able to say, Lord, you gave this person, you gave this parent to me, you gave this spouse to me, they were good. But today I bring them back to you better off than when you first gave them to me. Because life is all about stewardship. And to hear well done, good and faithful is so vitally important. So my challenge and our challenge to you is to slow down and enjoy life. I love what James chapter 4 verse 14, it says, Our life is like a mist. 
Can you, can you imagine? That's what it's like in God's eyes. It's like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know, there was a pastor. He was uh, officiating a uh, funeral service. And he noticed that the husband of the woman who had passed had bought a elegant bouquet of flowers, very beautiful, elegant bouquet of flowers. So he was in awe of it, and he went up to the husband and said, you must have really loved your wife. And he said, I did. The only problem is, this is what she always wanted, and I never gave it to her. Listen, it's so, vital, it's so vitally important to love the people that are all around you right now. Don't wait until it's too late. I hear more compliments more encouraging words of people who have been deceased who have passed away than I hear on a typical regular basis about the people that are sitting next to you. Don't wait to give compliments and encouragement to the person that's passed away and talk about all how wonderful and amazing they really are. Give them those words of encouragement today. Give them those hugs today. Play with those kids today. Be with that spouse today. Don't wait until it's too late. You know, I heard a story once um, of a lady who, she was an elderly lady, and her, she and her husband, they always had this thing. He always would put his water glass on the wooden nightstand next to him without a coaster, and it irritated her so badly. And she would say, put a coaster under there, and it started making a ring on the wood, and it got bigger and bigger, and she'd say, this wouldn't be here. And almost every day she was on him about this glass of water on the wood, and the day came that he went home to be with the Lord first, and she told her pastor that we know, she said, I look at that circle now, and I wish I wouldn't have been on him every day about that. What's the big deal? I would just love to have him here doing that again. And we need to remember those things. It's just so important to just value who we're with right now. Just so important. I think about Frank Lloyd Wright, and when he was a little boy, there was a great illustration he was out in a snow field uh, walking with his uncle, and his uncle went straight. And Frank Lloyd Wright stopped at the barn to enjoy the animals. Then he stopped at the pond to enjoy the pond. And then he stopped at the fort to visit the fort. And uh, when he got to caught up, caught up with his uncle, his uncle said to Frank, he said, Frank, I need to teach you a very important lesson. He said, did you notice how quick I got to where I wanted to go? And did you notice, if you look at the tracks in the snow, how my feet just went straight and how yours zigzagged all over the place and how it took you longer to get to where I'm at? And Frank said he learned a very important lesson, not the lesson that his uncle was trying to teach him. He realized in his own heart he still got to the same destination, but he enjoyed all the sights along the way. It's so important that we take time to enjoy all the sights, to take time to smell the roses, to smell the flowers, to enjoy the journey. We need to make sure we're not just making a living, but we're making a life, right? Enjoying the journey along the way. I remember a while back, it was actually when we had purchased this building, we were renovating it. I was doing the, um, the project management of this with the contractor that we had hired to, to do all of the renovations. 
And things were going on every day, and they were working in this building Monday through Friday. Now, for those of you who have been here for a while, you know that Sean and I, my day off is Mondays typically, and his is Tuesdays. And so on Monday mornings, is supposed to be my time to rest and have time with the Lord, enjoy my day. And there was so much going on with this building. The contractor was having questions for me every day of what do you want done with this, and what do you want done with this? And Sean had said, no, I'll handle the contractor questions on Mondays. And yet he didn't know everything else that was going on during the week, so he sometimes didn't know exactly where things are at or uh, what the next step was and things where I knew all the day-to-day things. So I remember on one Monday, he said, you know, I had a dream last night that you were thinking about working today. Um, And I told you I'd handle those things. So tell me what the contractor might need to know today. And I was like, okay. And so that day I was like, fine. And I gave him the stuff that he needed to know. And he made the phone calls and answered the questions. And the next Monday, the same thing happened because we're right at the pinnacle of, you know, things just having to be done fast on the building. And that day, he had another dream right before he woke up. God often speaks to him through dreams. And he had another dream. And he sa- and that day, just to let you all know, I was like, oh, there's so much going on. There's too much. I really don't want to give all this to Sean because um, I'd have to just write down so much information. So I took my cell phone and stuck it under my side of the bed so that after he left the room, when he thought I was having time with God, I could sit and text the contractor what, to answer his questions what he needed to know. And so I'm like a teenager hiding my phone, oh my goodness, <laughs> to do work. And so he wakes up that morning and he looks at me and he says, I just had a dream and the Lord gave me the scripture. And it was a scripture about taking the Sabbath and basically that it's a sin if you don't take the Sabbath. And he said, are you planning on sinning again today? <laughs> <laughs> he said, do you have your phone somewhere? And I pull it out from under the bed and hand it to him. And he's like, I'll take this this morning. Thank you. <laughs> So sometimes we have to really work to enter into God's rest. You know what I mean? That's so true. We just don't want to miss out on the most important things in life. And that's really our heartbeat behind this message. We realize that the destination is so important. It really is. But the journey is just as important in God's eyes. If you think about salvation, you know, if we had, an, if we had to make a choice between salvation and healing, we would choose salvation. Thankfully, we don't have to make the choice. They come together. It's part of the same package. The destination is important, but the journey is just as important to the Lord. God knows how we can pace our life, how we can be most effective in life. Are we too busy raising our children, or are we taking time to enjoy our children? Because one day we'll miss having those little pitter-patters come down in the middle of the night when they're supposed to be in bed, and you're trying to get sleep. You're going to wish you could hear those pitter-patters coming down the steps just another time. Don't miss out on the most important things in life, which is all about relationships. At the end of our day, it's not going to be about the classic cars, the Harley Davidsons, or the Indian motorcycles that you had, or the sport bikes that you had, or uh, the boats that you had. It's not going to be about all those things. It's going to be about the people that you were with in those things at that moment. Remember, the most important things in God's eyes is our relationship with him and our relationship with each other. I love the story of Dr. Ed Young, pastor in Houston, that a number of years ago, he had the president invite him for a meeting, a personal meeting with him. Well, his son had just won the division basketball game and was going on to the state championship. And it just happened to land on the exact same day that he was invited. He was excited to meet with the president. He felt so honored. 
but the state championship game landed on the exact same day to meet with the president of the United States. He quickly asked his assistant to let the president know that he couldn't make the meal, couldn't, make the meal, couldn't meet with them in person that day. He went on to watch the state championship. The game was so intense, it was exciting. It was going back and forth. There was only a few seconds left in the game, and his son's team was behind one point. In the last, on the buzzer, at the last second of the game, his son made the game-winning shot. Dr. Ed Young went on to say, I wouldn't trade that moment for anything in the world, including meeting with the President of the United States. That's so true. But you know, most of us, it isn't going to be the choice between our child's game and meeting with the President. Most of us, <laughs> if there is anyone like that, awesome for you. <laughs> but, but for most of us, it's going to be choosing between good or great, or it's going to be choo maybe choosing between bad or good. If there are habits that we're trying to drop off, you know, might be choosing between going out and hanging out with buddies or spending time with your kids, or it might be choosing even something more that like you're coming out or believing to get out of some type of addiction. It might be choosing to leave an addiction versus keeping your family. It could be a really big thing like that. And if that's it, I just want to remind you today that everything we're doing in our life right now is an example to our kids. The, the biggest training your kids are ever going to get for marriage is from watching you if you're married. And if you're single, the biggest training your kids are going to get for marriage is watching you single parents in your relationship with Jesus. And them seeing you sit down and read the Bible and worship God, because that can be training for marriage, too, of just honoring God. And they see how to, through your honoring God, how to honor someone else in your relationship. And so just remember, whatever is going on in your life, you're an example to your kids of, you're the, you're the biggest training ground they get. And so in that, make sure you're loving each other. Make sure you're edifying each other. You know, it makes me cringe on the inside when I see couples insulting their spouse or insulting their children. You know, if you see someone uh, saying to their, uh, you know, a guy saying, this is my old lady. You know what? The Bible says we'll eat the fruit of our lips. And if you d confess that your spouse, your wife or your girlfriend is your old lady, old is going to come looking for her. Wrinkles are going to come looking for her. Like you are speaking that over her, and that's no joke. I, and on the opposite side, uh, one of our board of directors, Terry Seville Foy, she has a grandmother who's in her 90s who still goes deer hunting. And this woman still wears heels. And, and she walks around like she's a 50 or 60-year-old. And Terry has said to her, Grandma, how do you... How do you stay so young? And she said, every day I confess my youth is renewed like the eagles, and I daily fill my mouth with good things. And she said, and it works when you declare the word of God. Well, you know what? If you're calling your wife your old lady, that will work on the opposite side. If you're making jokes about her being as old as dirt, that will work on the opposite side. So don't make your spouse the brunt of your jokes. Compliment them. You should be always introducing her as this is my beautiful bride, and young is going to come looking for her. So we need to remember, edify your spouse, edify your kids, be a house builder, not someone who tears down. It's so important to do. Absolutely. And same with the guys, too. Being <laughs> yeah. with ladies, encourage your husbands, respect your husbands, show them honor. Your kids are learning from that so much. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, 
but as wise, making the best use of time. You know, when I think about relationships and how important relationships really are in God's eyes, you know, when, it, when you look at the spectrum of the Word of God, it really is emphasized that before we can lead the church or even really truly sincerely should be in leadership type roles that are influencing, we first have to lead our own homes, our own children. We have to learn to lead ourselves. This is where it all starts, is ministry starts in the family, starts in the home. And I think about a number of years ago, we were living, I think, in Texas at the time, and uh, I was heading up the evangelism team. I was overseeing just some things, and I had a ministry leadership uh, meeting that, that night. And I noticed that Courtney seemed a little indifferent that day, and I noticed Amy seemed a little indifferent. And I remember just thinking to myself, is everything okay with my family? And I asked Amy, is everything okay? She said, yeah. And I went into prayer and I said, Lord, what's going on? They seem a little indifferent today. What's going on? And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, they haven't had quality time with you lately. And I immediately made the decision to cancel my meeting that night because I knew in my heart it's more important to lead in the home than to lead in the church. Listen, your relationships in God's eyes are most important. Next to your relationship with him is your relationship with your spouse, your children, your loved ones. Make every moment count. You know, some friends of ours, and it doesn't have to be expensive. You can be as creative, as innovative as you want to be in your relationship building. You know, it's not just about spending time. It's about igniting the moment and being creative. Some friends of ours told us that when they were kids, their parents didn't have a lot of money. And so their parents would actually, this is before 9-11, they would bring them to the airport. And they loved it. They would go from uh, train to train, from Terminal A to Terminal B. They went back and forth, and they thought it was the coolest thing in the whole world. And they did that several times a month. And they thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I'm sure everybody thought they were the most lost people in the airport. But. That, was a, <laughs> that was, of course, before 9-11 when you could get through security without a plane ticket. Yeah, yeah. so true. I was just up to see some relatives of mine recently, and I was visiting with my cousin, and she commented on uh, there is some boxes, just boxes, empty boxes that the father had left in the home for the cat to play with. And she said, you know, when we were kids, this was never allowed. We couldn't do this. But now that we're out of the home, the cats are treated with royalty. And uh, I think that sometimes, you know, after the kids get out of the home, we wish we could have those moments back. In fact, I remember one time I had just finished uh, cleaning the windows, beautifully cleaning the windows. And uh, Caleb was maybe two or three years old. And um, I turned my back for just a moment, and Caleb grabbed a wet rag that was the dirty rag, and he started doing this all over the windows. I had just washed, and I turned around, and I saw what he had done. And I thought, oh, my goodness, he's got a beautiful heart, but I'm going to need to do some training with this young man eventually uh, before I turn this responsibility over to him. But I treasure that moment. You know, in the early stages when we first started having kids, we had these glass tables, and I was always cleaning up their fingerprints. And after a while, I just got to the point where, like, I kind of think those fingerprints are kind of cute. You know, treasure those moments and enjoy those moments. Enjoy the time that you have with the people around you. That's so true. If we have people in our life to love, we are rich. If we have health, we are rich. If we have 
fingerprints to clean off the windows, we are rich. That's all a sign. If we are getting woken up in the middle of the night by a family member, we are rich. And so we just need to keep that perspective. Are we really valuing the people around us? Are we being patient with them, kind with them, loving and using the fruit of the Spirit in our conversations? Are we really valuing them? Take advantage of every moment. You know, I remember when our girls were little and just waking up in the night to feed them when they were babies. And I remember one time I was just so exhausted. I was like, Lord, I need sleep. And I so clearly just heard the Holy Spirit say to my heart, Amy, there are a ton of women on this planet who have been trying to have, wanting to have babies for a long time who would trade places with you in your exhaustion and heartbeat. And all of a sudden, it just snapped me awake. And I was like, Lord, I apologize for the lack of gratitude that I just had. Thank you for helping me to get things in proper perspective. And from that point on, I had a good attitude about it, even when I was exhausted. But there's just so much to be thankful for and little things that we don't pay attention to. And we just want to encourage you to start paying attention to those things. It's so vital it, it just for finding joy every day in the journey. Just remember that if Christopher Columbus had the opportunity to jump ship at the first storm, he would have never made it to America. We're going to have storms. There's going to be stress. There's going to be pressure in this world that we live in. But we have to make sure that we pace ourselves. Let's go after those things. Let's go after those God-given dreams and those, those goals. But let's not lose our marriages and our families in the process of going after reaching the whole world for Christ. Amen? I'm going to close with this scripture because commitment to Christ and commitment to each other is so important to the Lord. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 through 17, Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Let's make a decision from this day forward to enjoy the journey because it's just as important as the destination. If you'll take time to give a hug to your children, to give a hug to your spouse, to not say ouch words, to give them words of encouragement and edification, to say, I love you. Listen, you'll live a life of no regrets. If you receive this, will you say, oh me, oh my, or amen? <laughs> you can close your eyes, bow your head, please. Father, we thank you so much for our time together. Thank you for just your precious word for such a time as this, going into good ground. Lord, we know that there is a world that has a mess going on. And yet, in all of the mess, there is a message that we proclaim hope. And it starts with our own marriages and our own families, our own relationships that you have blessed us with. Thank you for helping us to not just sustain or maintain, but to thrive in the midst of this messed up world. Lord, we'll give you all the glory and all the honor when people say, what is it that's different about your marriage, about your relationships with others? We notice that you bring peace when there's storms. We notice that you bring joy when there's hatred. We notice that you continue to love people that are unlovable. Lord, we thank you that you are the answer, the reason for the season always. And so we give you all the glory and all the honor for teaching us to pace ourselves to enjoy the journey and to smell the flowers along the way. If you've never made the decision to receive Jesus Christ, to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant one day, they're gonna mean something to you. 
And I'm gonna encourage you, if you've never made that decision to receive Jesus Christ, it would be my honor and my privilege to introduce you to him today. Maybe you've accepted Christ, but deep down in your heart, you're not following Christ the way that you could or the way that you should. And you're saying, Pastor, I need to recommit my heart to Christ because I know I'm not following him the way that I could or should. And I wanna get back on track. I feel like I'm gonna mess things up if I don't get my heart right with God. It would be my honor to pray with you as well. So on either one of those occasions, whether it's a first time decision or you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed all over this auditorium, if that's you, would you boldly slip up your hands all over this room just acknowledging, I need to receive Christ. I need to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Thank you for your honesty. Hands are going up all over this place. Any others who say, Pastor, pray for me too. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Would you put a hand on your heart? Let's pray with those that are making that quality choice and that decision, those that are watching online. We wanna encourage you to pray this prayer out loud wherever you are. There's no distance in the spirit. We believe God wants to do a miracle right where you're at. The Bible reminds us in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, it doesn't matter what you've done wrong. All that matters is what Jesus Christ has done right. And he has forgiven you of all of your sins. And he has made a way for you to be with him for the rest of eternity when you call on his name. Would you join us in this prayer? Wherever you're at, here in person, would you join us as we pray this out loud? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, forgive me, forgive me of all my sins. Of all my sins. Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. I accept you. I accept you as my Lord, as my Lord, my Savior, my Savior, and my best friend. And my best friend. Thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross. For dying on the cross. For all of my sins. For all of my sins. I commit. I commit my life. My life to you. To you. Now, now and, forever. and forever. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit fill, me fill me with your presence. With your presence. Take, my life Take my life and do something with it. Do something with it. From this day forward, From this day forward help, me help me to enjoy, to enjoy the, journey. the journey. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen, amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap? Let him know how much you love him today.